Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News, June 30th, 2023. Coming to you before a nice 4th of July holiday weekend. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. Alrighty, then we have a lot to get to. You guys know this is a long one. It's our Friday Drive with Dave series. That's right. I interview some of my favorite and most interesting friends in reality TV, and you get to eavesdrop on the conversation as it were, as it goes down. This is one of my last interviews in the Prius before upgrading to the Tesla. I'm actually going to be running from here to go interview a non-reality TV friend of mine who's a comedian and former male model from the country of Germany. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. Trust me, whenever I find someone who's got an interesting story, I'm going to bring it to you guys. So today we've got Tammy from Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. She talks a lot about her family dynamics that made her kind of become a workaholic and how she's balancing and finding that inner peace with her new boyfriend, what she's learned from her relationship, and so much more. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. Hang tight for that. And in other news, I'm going to share with you guys the Time Magazine article that we, you and I, were featured in yesterday. So hello to everyone out there that came over from Time Magazine. That's right. We are the podcast of the year. No, they didn't give us podcast of the year, but um, uh, we are the self-proclaimed podcast of the year. And the article is called Why Fans Are Listening to the Bachelor Podcast Even instead of watching the show. So we're going to get to that in a minute. But first, I wanted to cover uh, a couple of my sponsors before we move on to that content here. And our first sponsor is HelloFresh. This summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. Reach your goals with delicious calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan recipes too. HelloFresh is more convenient than grocery shopping, and it's cheaper. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RushHour16 and use code RushHour16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. You know what I like most about this, there's a lot of packaging, but it's all recyclable. It comes in a recyclable cooler so everything comes cool, fresh, refrigerated, and you can choose your different options. But again, guys, 16 free meals is a ton of a giveaway, so definitely go check that out. HelloFresh.com slash RushHour16 and use code RushHour16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. America's number one meal kit. And also, as always, this whole season, we're sponsored by Microdose Gummies, an entry, incredible entry-level dose of tea THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. Microdosing can curb my anxiety and keeps my creative mind feeling relaxed all day long. You know my schedule, I'm making content all day. I don't microdose before I film Driving with Dave, but when I get home from it, you know I have a nice little eddy. That's what I call an edible. Microdose is available nationwide, and to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com, use code RUSHHOUR to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. Again, microdose.com, code RUSHHOUR. So tomorrow, you'll be able to get this episode of Driving with Dave on the YouTube. There'll be a link in the in the description below if you want to check that out. But today, we're going to give you the audio-only version for those of us that have long car rides or you're traveling for the 4th of July weekend. Definitely go to my Instagram to check out my new 4th of July swag that I got from Tipsy Elves. I got some, and again, I got my wife a um, American flag yoga shorts, and she's like, I'm not going to wear those. So guess what? Your boy's going to be wearing 
American flag yoga shorts. No yoga shorts will be going to waste on my watch. So I was reached out to a few weeks ago by uh, the good people at Time Magazine for an interview. And I knew I wouldn't be the only podcast being interviewed. It turns out Andy from Dear Shandy and Nick Vial from Vial Files were also interviewed. And on the cover art, as you can see, uh, they, uh, or you can't see because you're listening, they've also got. Uh, Game of Roses, Your Mom and Dad Pod, Off the Vine, and Clickbait, which of course Clickbait is a no longer, but they included that one. Um, and anyway, they opened the article discussing Nick's contribution to the show, how he is a 42-year-old, was a two-time runner-up on The Bachelorette, contestant on Bachelor in Paradise, and at one point The Bachelor lead. And so they talk about his pop culture podcast. But just for our sake, let's go straight to where they talked about us, because isn't that what we're here for? A conversation about Bachelor Rush Hour. So uh, this is the final several paragraphs of the Time article features our channel exclusively. I'm just going to read it verbatim for you guys, even though I feel like a 30-minute conversation is very hard to whittle down into two paragraphs. So some of this might sound cringeworthy. I assure you that wasn't my intention. Some hosts behind popular Bachelor podcasts have become public figures of sorts within the fandom, despite never appearing on the show. Dave Neal, a comedian and host of Bachelor Rush Hour, a daily podcast of Bachelor-related news and gossip, says he often gets stopped in the street by Bachelor fans, even though he's not an alum. Making Bachelor-related content became Neal's full-time job after his YouTube videos recapped the show, grew to 2 million monthly viewers after starting out with only a thousand bachelor rush hour which launched in october 2022 breaks down not only the show but also what's happening on other bachelor podcasts people would rather hear my opinion on content than watch the actual content itself says neil if i can play a two-minute clip from an hour-long podcast people tend to get the information they need bachelor podcasts have their own hierarchy and then they talked a little bit about a different show and then you know more about other you know off the vine and then it ends with me saying we can be a tool for the show says neil regardless listeners have their pick on how to engage with a podcast from Vile who speaks to contestants directly to Neil who offers a recap of those conversations. Uh, so there it is, folks. I think there was another... You'll have to read the whole article. I'll post a link in the comment section. There was a little bit more maybe I missed out there. But um, either way, it was very nice to be featured in the Time article, You know, more so for just the fact that you can say you were featured in a Time article. Um, my guess is you know, uh, m magazines have a hard time they have a hard time staying afloat and they need to be up to date on all the current events and bachelor's pretty iconic it's it's part of americana folklore it's the premier uh dating reality show and that's why all of these podcasts have a place at the table so i don't know let me know what you guys think but it is a testament to all of your uh, support that we got featured in the first place. I couldn't be doing this without you. So thank you guys all so, so much for that. On today's YouTube channel, I covered um, a little bit more about um, the affirmative action decision by the Supreme Court, plus a video on Charity talking about her glam squad she has for this season of The Bachelorette. And we talked about Nick Vial being rumored to be on the next season of Special Forces. Uh, I also uh, reported that Tom Sandoval, TMZ reports that Tom Sandoval is on the next season of uh, Special Forces, which is like a military training show that puts you through the ringer. They're filming it in New Zealand, and maybe Tyler Cameron also might be a part of that. So it'll, it's a real who's who of Bachelor and Vanderpump folklore, and uh, we'll be covering that show if and when it actually comes out. All right, well, I'm going to get to your Tammy interview right after a quick word from our sponsors. So I'm really excited 
to be doing this new Driving with Dave series, so much so that I bought that brand new Tesla, which I'm going to begin recording in. It's got double pane windows, a quiet, perfectly whisper quiet electric car engine. So it's going to be great quality. The one issue that I'm still having is one of my cameras overheating and it's causing a little bit of an audio problem. You're not going to notice that for the first half an hour of the conversation, but I go from our lavalier microphones to the uh, onboard GoPro audio and I cleaned it up as best as possible. At worst, it sounds a bit tinny, if you ask me. But again, I'm just giving you some behind the scenes on uh, what can be very challenging, which is producing a show while you're driving around. I keep my eyes on the road. I ask what I believe to be questions that interest me, and I think they'll interest you. And it's all about just getting to know contestants on a little bit of a deeper level. I'll be honest with you. My thought going into this was that it was going to be a little bit more of a cynical conversation, but it actually was very inspirational. And I can't wait for you to listen. So without further ado, here's my chat with Tammy. Ready to go? Yeah. We are synced. We are loaded. Ladies and where gentlemen. Are we, where are we going? We're going to drive west. Okay. Just because that'll be better uh, sunlight behind us. So we don't, we haven't run over anybody yet, but I've popped several curbs. Oh. And come close to a dog or two. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It you happens. I pop curbs game. all the time. Yeah. Um, you're not driving okay. in LA if you're not popping curbs. That's right. That's a rule. I was driving with my wife and uh, I saw someone crossing like a, a median, like on the highway. I was like, look at this asshole. And she goes, I've done that. You know, like, Jesus Christ. you know what I never understood? So in California, um, the pedestrians have a lot of rights. Yes. Um, you have to yield to them in the busiest <sighs> roads. And it, that never made sense to me. In New York, um, you kind of just, you walk with the traffic and then if you get hit, you hit. You get if hit, you, you don't, you don't. By the way, do you check out women or is that a guy thing? Do women check out women? Um, yeah, I do sometimes. I'm like, damn, her butt looks really good. Right? It's, it's almost I'm not, like, like I sexual. am no better than a man. Yeah. Okay. No better than a man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on this next episode of Driving with Dave, we have Bachelor Season 24 contestant, Season 7 of Bachelor in Paradise, and maybe upcoming reality shows, Tammy Kay. How are you? Hello. I'm so happy to be here. We've been trying to plan this forever. Yes. I'm very excited to chat with you today. We met, um, not about half a year ago in, in the fall at, um... Actually, you know what it was? It was at, um, do you remember? It was. We were at um, Brighton's, yes. Brighton's concert. Yes. Yep. And you were already starting to spill the tea. Do you spill the tea with everybody or do you just see me as a bachelor power recapper and you think that I want um, to No, I think I trust you because you were obviously friends with a lot of people that I know and I trust my friends. So I'm like, you know what, whatever, I'll spill some tea. Well, it's just between you, myself. And, and the internet. whole world. Yes. So how do you feel coming off of, you know, a couple years removed from your seasons of Bachelor and Bachelor? I feel like I've been removed for years now. Like, I feel like I'm an ancient artifact. Did you ever, did you do Greek life in college? I no, no, I never did. See, when you become a senior in Greek life, you just wear sweatpants and don't try to impress anyone. Mm -hmm. When you're like the freshman or sophomore, you're like the pick me, like looking hot. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a few years after Bachelor, that's the vibe people give where they're like, been there, done that. Let me tell you how it was. Yeah. Does it feel good in hindsight, like your experience on the show? Oh my gosh. I think I don't regret that experience whatsoever. Um, all the highs and the very low lows, I would do it again the exact same way. Um, everything happens for a reason, you know? So that brought me to where I am today. But I think it was a time of the past. And, you know, I have a couple of friends here and there still from the Bachelor world. And I just am moving on. Moving on. Moving you're on. a you're a, a woman with many job titles. I am. Uh, from, let me make sure I don't mess this up, Buffalo, New York? I'm from Syracuse, New York. Syracuse. Two okay. hours from Buffalo. Orangeman. Go Bills. 
Yeah, Go Bells. Go Bells. And you've uh, worked as a bartender, real estate agent. What, what else? Give me the LinkedIn page. Uh, I'm, an, I'm an insurance broker, so I own my own insurance company. Um, I'm a real estate agent in three states, New York, Florida, and California. Um, I ran a restaurant and lounge for eight years in New York. Um, and then I've been bartending since I was 17. What? Here and there. Before okay. my real estate and insurance job, I used to open restaurants. So I've opened five or six restaurants um, before then. And I do marketing. Where I does guess the, I'm an influencer now. You're an influencer. That's right. Where does the hustle come from? Um, what's the, like, what's your, what do you attribute that to? Mommy and daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> um, yeah. Rough childhood, which people never expect. Um, they always think I'm an only child and that my parents love me dearly. And that's why I work so hard, but that is the opposite. So where are you in the sibling ranking? I am the oldest of my bloodline. I do have a half sister that we found when I was, um, 11 years old. Then she lives in California. Actually, she lives in LA. Is that a father? My mom was married before and didn't tell anybody. Wow. Yeah. I have a, I have a whole half family. Really? I found when I was a whole family? Family. Brothers, sisters. Are you close with them? They're very great people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very great people. Found them in the Midwest. Don't, it's not, this isn't about me. But yeah, I can, I can relate to being like, wait a second. We didn't discuss this for yeah. a long time. So I can actually understand. But do you want, are you cool with your mom not letting you guys know about that? And- oh, yeah. So Asian people, um, we're not really emotionally intact, I guess. <laughs> um, it's kind of like whatever, you know? We're like, oh, okay, just another day in the soap opera life. Just a marriage. Yeah, just a marriage, whatever. It's like no one asked. No one asked. No one asked. So why, I mean, why would she tell anyone? Nobody that asked. was my mom. <laughs> we never asked. We never said, hey, did our dad have any other wives before you? Turns out, yes, and five. Oh. My mom was, I think, third out of five. Wow. But it's just amazing what happens when you don't ask, right? Yeah. <laughs> the pre-inter- I mean, pre-23 uh, and Ignorance days. is a bliss. Am I right? So- do you have a relationship with this half? So we had a falling out when I was a kid. And then when I was... The sibling or you and your mom? Oh, the sibling. Okay. When we, when I was an adult, I decided to travel the world by myself. And I stopped in California and I told her, I'm like, hey, I'm in town. And then we were inseparable since. And then when I got cast on the show, she got jealous and no longer talks to me. Because she is an aspiring actor. Let me tell you something. I'm going to say it right now. She's not a good actor. And she sucks. Oh, so that's why. I'm sorry. You're not on TV because you suck at acting. Is it because she's only a half sibling of yours? <laughs> Did she not I mean, get the full bloodline? <laughs> How can my you talk other about... two sisters are not great actors it, it, either. It, it, I mean, <laughs> maybe she hasn't found her niche. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you think that you you kind of got the... Well, reality TV can reality be a shortcut. different. It's different. Yes. It's, you know, if you're an actor, you don't want to do reality TV. Right. Because it's, you know, no one. And I think, yeah, well, unscripted. Yeah. And of course there is acting that's involved. You know, you play up to whatever tropes exist. But yeah, I I could imagine that, you know, you go on a show, you get verified, you become an instant, you know, personality within the show. I could imagine that that would be tough to deal with. (sighs) You know, I would like to say I hate this, but I think that people stem from their own insecurities like I had a falling out with my cousin a little bit as well. And it's just when people tend to be doing the things that you want to do, you kind of get angry at yourself of why aren't you doing this? And they're taking it out on me. Like I've never threw it in their face. I never was like, I'm not talking to you because I'm X, Y, Z. It was, I, I don't even think I even talked to them about it, but I think they were upset that I didn't talk to them about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I actually have a family member who, and God bless them, loves them, but it was like, I'm going to get into the podcast game. And I was like, you, I didn't say this, but I was like, you realize I spent about 10 years learning, yeah. 15 years in Screen Actors Guild and trying to, you know, so I can understand a little bit of resentment if you think it's going to be easy because it can be a challenge, but it seems like your life outside of the reality TV world is a challenge as far as yeah. different jobs you're juggling. And so when you say you like um, mommy and daddy issues, uh, which we all have in a different degree, um, do you, so were, were the jobs because you need the money or because you just wanted to stay busy and so, that was how you saw success was through your work? I think both. Um, I'm going to therapy now for the fifth time, fifth attempt, and I'm learning a lot more is that I tend to distract myself so I don't feel what I feel. Mm -hmm. I'm like an avoidant and anxious attachment style, which is like a freaking tornado. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I hate you so much, but don't leave me, you know? kind of thing. So yes. I think I occupied myself with working and I knew the life that I deserved to live and I did not stop until I got there. Um, I had three jobs ever since I was in high school. Um, I did end up, I don't want to say homeless, but I was couch surfing between friends when I was 15 years old. My mom left um, to live with her boyfriend and um, my situation with my dad was too terrible to go back home to. So then I was just living on other people's couches and on my own. Were you still in high school? Yes. So I was still in high school. So you had friends that kind of scooped you up and Yeah. Um my childhood best friend really saved me and um when I when they didn't want to take on that burden anymore, it's a lot, you know, to take on another child. And my mom dropped me off at her friend's house and then that was it. Wow. So it was a it was a whirlwind of, you know, different families and everything. But honestly, I met these people who cared about me for that time period. Um, unfortunately, I no longer talked to any of them. Um, just had a falling out, you know, that's going to be the key to this episode. It sounds like falling, I know, falling out. Maybe I'm the problem. You know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just, I think that everyone in their life has seasons, including friendships, you know, like the friends that I had last year, even that I were so close with, I'm not really that close with anymore. Just things change and people evolve and they do their own thing. And it's not that I have ill will towards but any you, of my friends or my sisters or my cousin, but do you think that anxious avoidant type will makes it hard to maintain friendships? Like, like, do you need someone else? Because I know for me, if I, if, if I don't have a buddy messaging me, I'm like knocking on the door, like, hello, where you been? I haven't like, I'm super needy with my buddies the same way I am in relationships. Um, maybe, maybe it's like, I don't want to be a burden to them. And like, sometimes my life gets these roller coaster moments where I just have too much going on that I can barely handle myself. So I don't want to burden someone else on that. So I kind of just distance myself away from it and try to deal with it on my own. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense if you're having all these jobs, staying busy and look, I, I find so much value from my work, mm -hmm. but I also have to realize like carving out, there's like an, there's like a, there's like a pie, right. And you have to find the equilibrium there. I don't know what it is, but you know, like you said about seasons, sometimes you just want to make a lot of money and work really hard and put your head down. And then other times you might <coughs> value more needing the friends, you know, once you realize like, it's not always a destination, but it's the road trip, yeah. which kind of ties into driving with Dave because, <laughs> well, it's because I always feel like motion is so good for us yeah. as humans. Ponds, uh, lakes, they have a lot of bacteria in them when the water's not moving. Right. And so we just need constant motion. But unfortunately, if you're running in a direction, you might not have friends that are going in that same direction. Right. And I think, um, 
I don't want to say I outgrew my friends that I no longer talk with, but again, you know, they did their own lives and I did mine. And unfortunately those didn't sync up together in our time period. And it's not to say that we don't, you know, continue our friendship later on, but I used to only value work. I was a huge workaholic. Like if you asked me to be somewhere for like a birthday party or a special moment, I will not be there if it's, if work, if I need to work. So this counts as work then doing the, um, no, but things have changed in the last year. Honestly, when I met my boyfriend, I realized that I worked my ass off to the ground where I was burning out so often. And I was missing moments of my sister's lives and my friends that I just decided to take a step back and put me first and my friendships first. And I decided to just, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just go out and fuck it. Let's just, you know, go on that vacation and, you know, spend the money that you want to. I think I just was in this mindset of, I don't want to be broke and 15 years old couch shifting again. So I worked my ass off and saved so much money, but what do I, what am I working for if I can't enjoy my life? Mm. You know? So then I came to that realization and I spent a lot of money this past year. <laughs> I moved my home base to LA and LA is very expensive to live at. And it does give me some anxiety that I spent that much money, but almost relief because in the first time in 10 years, I actually got to live. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm totally with you as far as I've read this book um, by Marion Williamson, the law of divine compensation. And it really, you know, it's, it's almost like um, a scarcity principle when we hoard our money and when we're like, save all of our pennies and it's good to save, but it's also good to like, enjoy the life because you get to a certain age where you go, I'm not getting any younger here. Yeah. I, I can't go do this or do that once I have family or, you know, you, you just want to like uh, take advantage of experiences. So how did your boyfriend, first of all, how'd you guys meet and how did, how did he show you through that, you know, those areas you were lacking, you can uh, evolve more? Um, my boyfriend's a free spirit. He's a attorney. So his life is very structured in the career world. So everything else in his life, he's a freaking free spirit, but it's so funny because me and Stefan had dinner the other night. We were talking about how Everything in your life happens for a reason and the sequence that it happens is meant to happen that way. Uh, if it weren't for COVID and the world was the same, I would have never met Stefan. I put a, probably would have never met never you. Met, yep. I would have never met Chris Randone, who was my best friend at the time um, during COVID. And that means I wouldn't have flown to San Diego that many times to meet Jason and Spencer, who are my closest friends now. Mm -hmm. And without Jason and Spencer, I would have never met Christian, who's my boyfriend, because they're friends with him. Interesting. So all because of like that one thing that happened, like the whole world shut down. It seemed like the world was ending was actually such a blessing. I, I I'm sorry. Unpopular opinion. I love COVID, not the illness, not the illness. That's okay I, to say <laughs> the time that in the world that COVID was, was like this fear so fast. And it really made people like be on their toes to see what, how do I pivot? we've all come out of it with different experiences and I am completely on the same page as you. For me, it's, it was life changing, yeah. but only life changing after I took the first part of COVID to relax yep. and stand up comedians. There's always a night to do stand up. There's always mm -hmm. a show you're not on. There's always looking at other people's, uh, you know, tr career trajectory. Someone else is making it before you do. And then finally everyone just stopped doing that, stopped hustling so hard. So I can totally relate to that, to like having permission almost to not needing to hustle so hard. Yeah. And what that does to you when you get out of that deep end, I always relate it back to like the shallows. When you get out of that deep end into the shallows, you can really see what you want in life. 
when we're not so doomed by like, I got to do this because I got to pay for my health insurance. Like we don't realize how toxic our culture has Mm -hmm. been with the hustle culture. And you're younger than me, but we're in that generation where everything's costs more money. Now you work Mm -hmm. in real estate. It's like, everyone's just like white knuckling it, trying to get by, not taking their vacation time and all this. And, And then pandemic hits and you go for what, for what, for what? Yeah, that was a huge turning point for me. I think I'm a religious person and I'm like, you know what? God was like, everyone needs to freaking pause and reevaluate. Yeah. You know, I, if you asked me before this past year, I would say hustling is the way to go. You need to hustle. I'm a boss ass bitch. Like you need to work your ass off. If you're not working, if you're not the hardest person or hardest working person that you know, you're not working hard enough. And then I came to a realization for freaking what? (laughs) What? Yeah. Like, so I have like these panic attacks and anxiety attacks because I'm working so much and I can't even enjoy my life that I'm working for. And you can still work hard. Yeah, I work hard. Oh my God, I still believe in hard work. Yeah, but like that hustle culture. We're talking about the not. I thought about like my contingency plans. If like all else fails in my life, I would just move to like Vietnam, open up a coffee shop in my house. Everyone has their business in their own house, and then just relax and they just make enough to live. Yeah. You know, but this doesn't mean that you shouldn't plan for your future. Like I believe in retirement plans and investing and being smart with your money. But I think to do a point where you're like giving yourself panic attacks, and anxiety attacks is not the way to go. You know, I studied abroad in France in 2006 and it was like we were in the middle of the war, but we thought we still thought we were on the good side of the war. We were, you know, that was when I was defending Lance Armstrong. He's not a cheater. You know, like at the time, we, we just like had no idea. We were, I only knew what I knew what that was jammed down my throat. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, oh, we don't call them French fries. We call them freedom fries. All this stupid nationalistic <laughs> stuff that we were doing thinking we were the champs. And like, what does that get you? So I go to France and I realize they have a, they work less hours per week. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're more efficient per work hour. And we're going to have to grapple with this as a society where like we don't need to be working that hard. There's ways we can do uh, do less and still accomplish more. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a very uh, sort of um, personal place to try to get to that point because it is a struggle because, mm-hmm. you know, there is a huge wage gap out there and there's all these issues. I think the way to wealth is not how much money you make. It's the passive income that you can build yourself on. Like I, I own a couple properties um, oh, nice. Where? in New York. And two of them are rentals. One of them I live at still. My um, dad lives there while I'm not there. But that along with like retirement plans, like this is what will build you wealth so you can live freely. You know, like it's not, you're not going to, working hard until you're 65 and a half years old is so stupid to me. Like you're telling me when I'm 65, I get to enjoy my life when I'm old, not as hot (laughs) and have no energy. Wait, I wanted to ask you this, and you mentioned it. When did you feel, when did you first feel hot? Oh, okay, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I was a tomboy, and everyone forgets that. <clears throat> I was a huge tomboy as a um, kid. I was on the boys wrestling team in high school. Boys wrestling team? On varsity, seven to one, I only lost once. And You're beating up the boys? Yeah, and beating up the boys. This all makes sense now. Yeah. But I do you remember wear the same unitard. Like, yeah, we wore um, and... a leotard, leotard. Or not, what do they call it? Singlet. And right. I had to wear a shirt underneath. Because obviously, uh, I always tits. said, yeah, male wrestling is the most um, homoerotic thing. I'm not judging <laughs> it, but it's a lot of balls in your chin. 
Ted yeah. Video. So you're you're there wrestling with the guys. You're on top of each other. Yeah. I have pictures. I look really ugly when I was back then. But then junior year hit and I got my braces off. Oh shit. And I'm like Hot girl, hide your kids, hide your wife. (laughs) (laughs) And this is in Syracuse. Is this a mainly white town? Yes. Yep. I Um, imagine it's like where I grew up. Yeah. You know, it's so crazy because I I feel like a lot of Asian Americans, like first generation kids will be able to relate to this is that I hated being Asian. I hated it. I kept getting bullied for it. And people would be like, shut up, you're Asian, like using Asian as a Mm. um, insult. Mm. And now I'm looking back, I'm like, Asian, so I'm skinnier. I have better hair, better skin, less likely to be obese. I'm gonna look this age until I'm fifty. Yeah, you're gonna. What is the problem? Four hundred years old, looking. Unfortunately, I'm gonna live forever. So, (laughs) fucking great. The batteries died because we were having such a good conversation. So we pulled over into a. um, I guess people can see like a willow. (laughs) It looks like we pulled over off a ditch. We've moved to a really nice neighborhood here. We're in the yeah. We're in the Beverly Hills. No, um, I would say we're West Hollywood. We're West Hollywood, Hollywood still? Yeah. yeah, this is where like this is where the rich, successful actors live. Not your half sister. Mm, yeah, She's my not here. Um, <laughs> so you got your boyfriend. You've uh, you've uh, graduated from your season of reality TV on The Bachelor. Would you go back to The Bachelor? No. No, no chance. I have a boyfriend. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because <laughs> well, that doesn't that doesn't stop some people. Um, <laughs> would you do any other reality shows? Um, so right now we're filming Million Dollar Listing. Mm. That was that was that was on my look at this. I only have a few things. I have million dollar listing. <laughs> look at this, look at this list. <laughs> well, you know why? I trusted we would have a good conversation, so I didn't need anything else here. Uh, but just in case, I like to be prepared. Um, so tell me about. I mean, million dollar listing in LA doesn't tell you much, but I understand yeah. the show's been around for a while. So a million yep. bucks might. This have is you um, season fifteen. Wow. I was on the last bit of last season, but I just joined, so I was like, um, I was holding a tray of drinks at an open house are you are you on the show as a real estate agent wow that's so exciting that's big news uh i don't know why it doesn't feel like big news to me because it came easy no um i think because like i am so like numb to like the reality tv like being filmed it's just like whatever to me so i think it's exciting and i don't know how it's going to be because it we don't know until it's aired how it's edited and everything so are you wondering if you're going to be like caddy in it no, no, no. We're not like Selling Sunset. We actually sell houses. Oh. Um, <laughs> do, you watch, um, do you watch Selling Sunset? I watched the first season. Man, since the first season, it's become just drama. Yeah. But that's just how, that's drama. what sells on Netflix, you know? So you're on Bravo now. Yeah. So we're on Bravo now. Um, Bravo's fantastic. I love them. I never watched a thing in my life until, and by you say, I like, they're fantastic. <laughs> like, I become like, Bravo. <laughs> uh, they are, I watched them from Vanderpump this year. So good. The editing, the the way they yeah. incorporate social media and things like that. So what was the process like getting scooped up to be a part of that? So I, again, a sequence of why everything happens for a reason. I had an old manager and she was God awful. She stole from me <laughs> and she. Like commissions? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I met, because of her, I met my really good friend, Shelby. Okay. And Shelby just got a real estate license, like two years ago or so and she worked with tracy she's like tracy's been trying to find like this powerhouse of women like I tracy's the star yeah tracy's right. the lead um so I'll she's a, a team photo. lead i got the yep. photo i covered this story on my channel this was everyone was very happy for you thank you yeah. I, respect. I try not to read um those posts anymore because they tend to be yeah. negative real quick 
Um, a lot of people don't like me in Bachelor World. I don't know why. I'm like, what did I ever do to you guys? Uh, yeah, Bachelor and your half-sister. Yeah, not, <laughs> not fans of me. You know why? Because I don't sugarcoat anything, and I'm sorry. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but it, when people say it is what it is, they're usually an asshole. <laughs> well, what it is, it what, is, it is. what it I'm is. Just, I don't sugarcoat anything. It's like you can sugarcoat a little bit. Uh, no, but I'm just kidding. Uh, I think it's like the New Yorker in me and like the non-emotional part of like being, growing up in a Asian American household. Like we're just like not in tune with our emotions. And I think this past year, I definitely learned a little bit more about empathy. Yeah, um, because of, did Christian bring that out? Yeah, any? probably. Boy, how symbolic Christian. <laughs> Christian, uh -huh. you've learned about love and empathy through a guy named Christian. I know, which is funny because he's atheist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they always say like if your name's Dennis, you become a dentist. If your name's Christian, you become an atheist. Again. Yeah, I guess so. But um, what was he talking about? Empathy and just learning. So, oh. so you pro and that's what probably makes it easy to edit you in a reality show because you might yeah. say what people think. Like, so would you say your filter is not exactly? I don't have a filter. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but that's honestly why like the comedic route was really my thing. Um, I was, I would say I'm pretty decently funny on the show on the time, my time on the bachelor, but that's cause I was just like quick witted and like, you know, yeah, no filter. I'm just like, Boo. well, I talk about this all the time. They're, they're, they cast pageant queens that are guarded that will say they're very calculated in what they say. And I just, I like people like you, like Katie Thurston, like Caitlin mm -hmm. Bristow, people that just give it to you. Now, are they going to say something wrong? You're gonna, it's, you're walking on thin ice yeah. when you share your true opinions yeah. on things. So you might have to apologize more or, you know, explain yourself in certain ways, but you probably do sleep better at night just being your authentic self. Yeah. I never have not been my true self. Like for my motto is like, you take people for who they are. And once you accept people for who they are, you will live a much happier life. Like, for example, my boyfriend cannot be on time whatsoever and i used to get really upset and it would give me so much anxiety because i'm punctual mm. you know and i'm just like you know what it doesn't matter he will always never be on time it is what it is the sooner i accept that the better yeah not letting not letting people have to live up to your expectations right. now it could be damning if it's like a guy who just cheats or you know there's obviously yeah, boundaries yeah, yeah. but when you learn okay he doesn't show up on time because maybe like he doesn't share his love through through that punctuality by right. the way i showed up right on time i was yes, right around the corner right, was ready sure. to go um but yeah i mean everyone's different like how how do you guys express your love to each other we have to keep in mind that everyone was raised so differently. Mm. Like even me and my sisters in the same household were raised so differently. People absorb things differently. So they experience this world differently. Um, Christian is a very, he loves words of affirmation mm -hmm. and he loves, um, what is it? So you can be like, I, service. I love you when you're on time. <laughs> yes. I love, I love you, you if you're on time. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm like a very access service and quality time person. So we express love in very different ways. You know, I think it was a really big learning curve too, but to some extent, I always say that he is the heightened version of me. Like everything that I am, that I hate about myself, he does 10 times worse. Like I was very late with my friends cause I didn't think it was that important. And like, I'll show up to lunch late. And now I have a boyfriend who's an hour late to everything. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? You kind of, I always say this like with our time, and I don't know maybe spirit, if this is a spiritual thought, but like our time here on earth is like a video game. We're yeah. playing the game. And if you don't correct whatever issue you wanted to bring to your human self, 
you get that issue over and over. Why do I keep dating assholes? Why do I keep that? You just keep getting it till you learn about it. Yep. And then you really get presented with a new set of problems. Yeah. You know, and you're always going to have some set of problems because I think that's just what we want is to to learn from struggle. Yeah. I think I learned my last boyfriend. Um, I was 19. So I haven't had a boyfriend since I was basically a freaking child. Three years ago. <laughs> Three years ago. I'm 28 now. I turned 28 oh, this past Saturday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Wow, 28. 28. A fun year. I'm old now. But, um, <laughs> I just you... turned 38, so calm down. No okay. way. You oh, look great. There it is. I thought you were 31. Clip it. No way. Dave Neal, everybody. I've been drinking my water. I don't, I don't party like I used to. <laughs> he eats sea moss. That's a trick, I, uh, guys. <laughs> yeah, I steal. I've been living in Hollywood. I steal the blood of the youth. Ah, you know? the fountain of youth. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but no, but anyway, <laughs> happy birthday. And thank you. Yeah. I mean, what, so you had your last boyfriend when you were 19. Did you have like hot girl twenties? You know? Oh my gosh. I loved being <laughs> single and like, I didn't date or like sleep with anybody for like five years. I want to say you didn't sleep with anybody for five yeah. years. I didn't really, I don't need it like that, I guess. Um, <laughs> but that is a very anxious avoidant thing. Yeah. I don't need it. Some guy you were like, F men. I'm, I'm I wasn't okay. really F men. I was just like, I'm so like on my hot girl shit. Like I, my business is thriving. I'm thriving. I look hotter every six months. Like, so you didn't need, and maybe this is cause you don't you need like the affirmations, but you didn't need like male validation. No words mean nothing to me. You could tell me all <laughs> through the moon that I'm a great person. And I'm like, I know I am so funny. Um, That's I think so because my parents never gave that to me, I kind of learned to give it to myself. Um, I think I spent so much of my time trying to get my parents approval and like make them proud. And I just realized that they never will be. So now I'm proud of myself and I'm my own parent and, you know, I'm in good terms with my parents now, but I just don't yearn for that, you know, empty promise of them being proud of me and loving me the way that I wanted to. Isn't that wild though? It's like, if you had the parents you <clears throat> wanted, you probably wouldn't turn out the no. way you did. No. And that's why it's like that cycle of having, you know, good parents that mean well, and then they create some psychopaths sometimes. Nepo babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's why I like Ashton Kutcher and uh, is it Mila Kunis? Yeah. They're like, they're like, we're rich. Our kids aren't going to be, Yeah, you know, like teach them how to mow the lawn and make some money if they want some new, sh you know, like really, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because I don't have kids, but we're, we're we, my wife and I have been talking a lot about it because we're getting old and we're like, if we're going to do the kid thing, let's not now. mess them up. Let's do it now. Let's Surprise, not Dave's up. pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> gonna reel it. I'll do anything on a YouTube video. <laughs> we'll reveal it here. Come out, Tasha. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, um. There, I feel like the older I've gotten, the more I've looked at my parents trying the best they could, my mom specifically, <clears throat> and knowing where they really messed up. Not yeah. necessarily with me, but with other siblings and going, oh, maybe don't force the kids to not listen to explicit rap music. Maybe that's not the issue. <laughs> We had a, a sibling that like, they weren't allowed to listen to like Snoop Dogg. Why? And it's like the issues that cr were created from not giving them that. It's like, let your kid explore. Let them let make, them make mistakes. mistakes. I learned so much by making mistakes. Um, I made a lot of mistakes as a kid. You know, I was a freaking little shit. Mm. But uh, again, I wouldn't change it. And I think a lot of people are confused of why I even still talk to my parents for the way that they treated me. But I just think that even our parents are experiencing this life for the first time themselves. Yeah. You know? And they so, didn't have the internet. They just like had, you know, a book or a friend telling them how to, you know, yeah. oh yeah, let your kid cry themselves to sleep. Oh yeah, yeah that'll go well. <laughs> now I'm, you know, in state school. Trained, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh man, they were flying blinds. But I think 
I mean, I we only live one life in this world, and I'm not going to waste my energy holding grudges against people. Yeah, I don't think I have a grudge. I don't think I hate anybody actually. Anyone from the Bachelor show that really scorned you? You you left the Bachelor on a two on one date. Right? Was it a two? It was a two. It was it with McKenna. I it was know, like um, that we met before the rose ceremony together. But yeah, even McKenna, like she's annoying. But like, why do I care? I don't freaking care. <laughs> like, she's not in my day to day life. I'll never see her ever again. I really don't care. Yeah, you, these aren't friends you choose. They kind of yeah have to tolerate. Interesting stuff. So, where do you see the next chapter of your life going? The next season, as you put it. I feel like there's so much that I want to do still. And I think I have this constant fear of running out of time. Mm. So. Boy, that's the, that's the thing yeah. that keeps us going. Yeah. And it's like, how do you channel that energy without the anxiety of running out of time? The anxi- my anxiety is really bad. That's why I get when people cry on their birthdays. It's like, yeah, you're one year closer to not achieving what you want in life. <laughs> oh my God, not you, so but like, dumb. that's how I feel. I'm like, oh boy, here's another one. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm two years from 40 and I'm like, I want my forties to be the years. Yeah. Rushing. I don't do think I-, I put it as milestones. Like I'm not worried about turning 30. I'm so excited to be 30, my thirties. I think it's more so like, how has it been 12 months have passed and what have I done with the time that I was given in this 12 months? Mm. Cause what if I die tomorrow? Have I accomplished everything that I wanted to do? So I think that in my mind always gives me the anxiety, but I forget to as well, like just live because what if you do die tomorrow? Are you going to be on your way out worrying about what if and how much you could have done? But what about the things that you have done? I think I don't, um, I'm really bad at, you know, patting myself on the back because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I achieved this goal time for the next one. Like I don't even get a chance to enjoy that goal that I hit. You got to take a victory lap. I got to take a victory. Wrap I, made, I made Tasha take me to dinner because I got an article. Um, I got an interview with Time Magazine oh, last week. Sick. Wild, right? Congrats. I don't know. Oh, my it's God. It's coming out in a few days, but I don't know. They're going to be so annoyed for hearing about this, but <laughs> I don't know how much they're going to use. So I might look stupid, but they're going to hyperlink the podcast. I'm like, yes, yeah, just traffic, 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 traffic. And uh, Tasha wouldn't let me pay. And she's like this. And I'm like, yeah, we have to. Because immediately I was like, okay, the next thing. And it's like, no, no, just chill out. You did a nice interview. You know, yeah. it was easy and effortless because I spent years learning the things I had to learn to get there. And yeah, just take that victory lap, enjoy it. Let mm-hmm. that dopamine sort of fester. Yep. It's like after sex, right? Yeah. Have your, have your post-sex cigarette metaphorically. <laughs> Don't just go on to like, all right, we got to go shot with chill yeah. out. And you know, we, um, I totally, we totally abandoned your, um, wrestling days when when you um i wanted to finish that thought you were wrestling in high school Mm -hmm. with the boys and then your braces come off so take me from there take (laughs) me from that part of life the braces come off are you hot now i'm all of a sudden the boys are like yo tam (laughs) um i think yeah i was feeling myself you know the my teeth have been my biggest insecurity growing up yeah um same i've had i had braces for six years up to that point and I've had now Invisalign twice, like all these things. But Isn't that wild that something so simple as that, it really you keep you from smiling, you start yeah. laughing like this, you start People not... always are like, why don't you smile with your teeth? And I love my teeth now. And I, but yeah. like in photos, guess what? I'm always like this. Mm. So you still have that. Not that I'm insecure. I think I'm so ingrained yeah. and like used to it. But so braces came off. Um, I was like getting more confident. I was like really, I think when I started being tunnel vision on myself, that's what I really glue up because I, I stopped caring about what anyone else wanted from me, what people thought. Like I spent a lot of my um, childhood years like wanting to be like the popular girls and sitting at the popular table wearing Abercrombie and Hollister. And I think when I stopped living for other people, 
and I just lived to myself, that is when I literally took off. And I don't think I've looked back since. And everyone that I grew up with, they're like, like, we're so happy for you out of nowhere. Like all these things that I keep like having milestones up in my life. But it's just like, I forgot that you even existed because I just stopped paying attention to your opinions. Um, you know, how you value me because it was not, it was never important. Yeah. And that's something you just can't really teach someone like your kids. Like I I, I hope to show them like other people's opinions don't matter. And it's worse even now with social media with kids, but part of that, like feeling hot, it's like, it's your internal feeling that radiates outward. And it really is like an orb around you when you just feel like you finally have your shit together. Energy and your vibe. Yeah. Yeah, Everything. Learn how to talk to people. And it's like, you just become more authentic and less guarded. And that just opens so many doors, especially if you're working in real estate, how did bartending, uh, in the social aspect of that affect like real estate? Like, was there any crossover there with being able, because don't they say like Bart, like you get into real estate after you're done with the night hours of bartending, because it is like, Mm -hmm. right. It's a people person job. Mm -hmm. So, um, after my restaurant days, I got a desk job at Allstate and I was supposed to be just a receptionist. And then I ended up being a salesperson because that's just naturally who I was at my core being in the restaurant business. I was still bartending at the time and I sold all my patrons insurance. And then I'm like, I, all my insurance clients are like trading houses and like, you know, they need house insurance. Like, why don't I just sell real estate too? If I can sell freaking insurance, I can sell a house. Yeah. Insurance is really hard to sell because it's not fun for anybody. So then I got my real estate license and that's how I met all these people. That's why I love bartending. People are like, why do you still bartend? Like, they look down at it. I'm like, first of all, uh, you no. have no idea about the money that we make. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for me to, enough for me to fly back um, and bartend. Plus, you have this, like, you have the bar <clears throat> protecting you in a way. So you can, I'm not maybe you tell me, but like, be flirty, be outgoing, right. but still like, be able to be like, all right, I'm still anxiously on this side of the bar yeah. if you're like too drunk or whatever. Yeah. Like, did you have to deal with that? Like, like Oh my God, drug people all the time, especially when you're sober and like, I don't really drink that much. So you just really notice how annoying people are when they're drunk and yeah. you're just stone cold sober. But it's, it's networking to some sense, you know, like bartending was probably the best thing I ever did for my business because these people that I met, I would have never met unless I was behind the bar yeah. spending hours with them for years. You know, it's you interesting. Know? It's like on Selling Sunset you've got all these women who have these connections like, Oh, my, uh, my investor want, and it's like, how do they meet all these mm-hmm. people? Well, it's through like jobs, like bartending, or even uh, probably a lot of uh, jobs that are like, um, uh, what's the sparkler girl that brings up bottle the, girls. Bottle girls. Yep. I mean, they literally, you start to mingle with people that are wealthier and you start to make these connections. And then as you grow out of the bar, you still know these people and, mm-hmm. and there's trust that's there. Yeah. There's so much trust with a bartender and a patron. The trust between a bartender and a patron is very high. And I think, I think people forget that, but like these people, I mean, remember this bar that I last worked at, or I still do when I fly home, I've been there for eight years. Like these people saw me before I was 21. They were there for when I turned 21. They were there for when I got cast from the show. They saw me grow up. And like you, when you are part of someone's life like that, like their growth, you, you have to have some sort of connection with them. Yeah. You know? Like I've seen people go through divorces. I've seen people go through um, losing their dog, losing their child. Like these things that we we talk to them about, like their milestones in their lives too. People are living at the same time that we're living, you know, and they experience things too. So I think like right now I have a listing and it's um, my good friend now who his name is Russell, but I didn't, I wouldn't have known him unless it was for the bar. Hmm. 
Yeah. So how does that work? You get like they your your company gives you a listing and then you have a certain amount of time to sell it? Well, it depends. So I'm on a team now in LA. So I'm on Tracy's team and she has listings. Oh, so not clients. even, so, I'm sorry, not even when you're not even filming million dollar listing, you're still working. For oh her? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. So yeah, million dollar listing. It's not like we are set time. We're filming set, set, set. It's they film our lives. You're on the squad. Yeah. I'm on the squad. They film our lives and like we, they follow us around of what we do day to day working. Cool. So you get to make your commission and also pursue reality TV. Though. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Boy, I would, I'd be envious of you too if I was your half sister. Oh this sounds like a lot you got going on. It's a lot though. And I run a team in New York. I just hired a new girl. Her name's Emily. She's doing so great so far. Great. So again, that's like another way that I can build passive income is that I don't even have to be in New York, but my knowledge that I've built in the last six years of my career is valuable to her and negotiating and like everything that I can give to her. She's just my boots on the ground running. You know? So anyone in the, in the Syracuse area, and in the Los Angeles area, if they're looking to buy a home or sell a home, they can contact you? Yes. You can oh. contact me. Um, if you want to be on the show, I can pitch it as well if you're in LA. But other than that, I'm a very knowledgeable agent and I have a background of insurance. I've been in insurance for nine years now. So I have that little extra knowledge that not many real estate agents know. Do you so, um, know Clayton Eckert? Do you know him? Because he's doing real estate now in... Um, in Phoenix, right? Have you followed him? Susie's ex? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, no, he's selling know. stuff in Scottsdale. That's where he's at. No way. How's he doing? I don't know. <laughs> I, he looks good. I don't, you know, I, it's go so funny, room. the difference of um, social media with reality TV people, how it shifted in the mm. last like three years. It used to be guaranteed you, if you're the lead, you, you'd be set. Yeah. Now we're out here being real estate agents. I mean, some aren't even getting 50,000 Instagram subscribers. <laughs> I know. Followers. Like it's, it's bananas versus like Corinne Olympios, who I just had on is 1.3 or something yeah. million. And th- why? I mean, she was good on the show, but so were you. It just came down to, she was there during the height of yeah. when Instagram was there and yeah. settled down a little bit. I would like to say too, like Bachelor Nation is very, um, you know, middle America. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it was hard for me to place myself. I think that's why not many Bachelor fans are on my side because not the way that I look, but I'm just not, I don't live the same lives as them. You know, like the Hannah Ann's of the world and Maddie Pruitt and like Hannah Brown, like they live different lives than me. Yeah. They, so, that's like I say, starting on third base and thinking you hit a triple. Like <laughs> the, uh, uh, Madison Pruitt, one of the reasons I'm so tough on her is because she just looks like she's never like worked a day in her life. So she comes from a wealthy family i don't know you, you like that's why i relate with you you seem to have the hustle you know what i mean you've got like the yeah, let's do this um, you've got uh, i'm gonna put in the address and we're gonna work our way back but you've got the hustle and and it feels like you've done so much to learn about what what feeds you as far and I'm, as i'm still learning about it more and more every day you know i think therapies helps a lot um to kind of dissect everything and what I really just value in this world has shifted, you know? Yeah. I'm with you on that. Well, I want to thank you so much for doing the show today. Yeah. And I'm so excited to see you on Million Dollar Listing. And I can't wait to see what else is in store for you in your next season in life, as they say. Um, how can people best support you through following you on Instagram? We'll post a link to uh, how they can contact you for any real estate services. Yeah. Anything else? Um, any idea of ever doing a podcast or anything yourself? Yeah, I've actually have been trying to work on a podcast myself. I just try to see where it fits in my timeline. Um, 
the, actually, the first people will know here is that I'm opening up a coffee shop. Ooh. I'm trying to open a, up a coffee shop and smoothie bar in New York. So that's kind of been taking a lot of my time. Oh, fun. Yeah. So um, I love the support. Like, I love real people. I think a lot of my fans that I have are so loyal because they appreciate, like, business and, like, people who have, like, real jobs. And I'm not just banking off of, like, social media, even though it is a plus, And I do do ads. But, you know, it's just better to You're well diversified. Yeah. You know, the day that Instagram stops recommending people, it can really, it can really like, you know, affect people if all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. I mean, that's partly why, you know, I've been talking about for the last year, how do I get out of the Bachelor Nation news niche that I kind of built? Because yeah. no one was doing daily content like this. And it's just not sustainable long term. Yeah. But, you know, that's what you do. And now I start the podcast where this is hosted on both YouTube and audio. And yeah, it's about just kind of like protecting yourself while also doing things that you can either tolerate or love yeah. if you're lucky enough. Um, but anyway, I'm going to, let's see. Yeah. You guys can find me on Instagram, TikTok. Um, I'm on YouTube now. My YouTube shorts have been blowing up. I, I saw that. You had a one go viral? Yeah. People apparently don't like the way that I eat Indian food. Um, so, <laughs> so that's I what, don't that's know. I'm like, I love Indian food. So I'm sorry that I don't eat it the right way. But so funny. Yeah, it's funny. People are funny online. Um, they are. But my whole name way. is Tammy Kaylee, T-A-M-M-Y-K-A-Y-L-Y. You can also email me if you want any real estate inquiries. I can help you with commercial real estate and residential real estate. Amazing. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on and uh, come back anytime. And maybe I'll see you on Million Dollar Listing if I finally go buy a house. Maybe you can uh, yeah, come you to... <laughs> oh, By the way, actually, last question. What's your favorite drink to make? Oh, my gosh. Let's see. I love a good classic, like, variation of a spicy margarita. I make this, like, cucumber spicy margarita that's really nice. Um, but That's probably one of my favorite drinks right really? there. We had a spicy mango margarita for mm. our, like, um, signature wedding drink. And, yes, it was amazing. Maybe there was Thanks for the invite. Yeah, sorry about kidding. that. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we didn't have... Oh, you would have loved it. We were over there in Mexico just... Um, uh, I, I have no drama to share from it. It was one of those, like, everyone's like, oh, something's going to go wrong. No, everything was lovely. No, I yeah, love that. It worked out well. Good. Uh, no one got sick that I know of. Um, I love bartending. I think I'll always be bartending. Um, I love crafting up cocktails. Have you ever gone home with a, a patron? Oh, uh, yeah. I, used to, I took home two of my patrons before. Yeah? Yep. All right, tell me that story. Real okay, quick. so real quick, over oh, the dating stuff. When I was dating my boyfriend, I was dating uh, three other guys at the same time. Okay, Christian, you're saying? Yep. I was dating Christian and then um, three other guys as well at the same time. And they were great. I never, I didn't sleep with any of them. I only slept with one of them. I made sure I wasn't like commingling it that just to be safe, you know? Um, but all okay. the boys knew about each other. They treated me well. And I think that my dating life was great. And then one of them happened to come out on top. And that was Christian, which I did not expect. And none of my friends expected. Came out on and top. There you go. Yep. And now we are almost coming up to a year. Amazing. How crazy is that? Time flies, right? I, time flies. But that's a good thing. Like, date around. Don't put all your... It's almost like you're yeah. part of your jobs, right? Yeah. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you're dating around, the one that's supposed to take root will, and then yeah. you can let the other ones go. I think if you're honest about what you want and, like, you know, to some extent, like, don't play the stupid childish games. It's just, like, being honest with yourself, being honest with the other person. Like, all my other boyfriends or the guys I was dating knew about each other they just like didn't want to hear about it so I'm like just so you know I am dating other people I'm not sleeping with anyone like 
Blah, blah, blah. Do you guys get out your Google calendars to see what day you're free? <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, Christian's basically. got me on Tuesday. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah. And um, you're welcome anytime in the car. Okay. We'll do this again next time. Amazing. Thank you All for right. having me. Of course. <laughs> And that was our interview, this week's episode of Driving with Dave. If you want to watch the conversation, which I highly recommend doing, Tammy's actually phenomenal with her facial expressions. You can watch the moment she gets into the car, us, uh, you know, kind of going over the logistics of what the podcast is going to be. You can check that out on tomorrow's YouTube link in the comment section. It's on our new page, The Dave Neal Show. We've got 45,000 subscribers over there. Of course, we've uh, uh, gotten rid of all of our old content and we're making it just Driving with Dave. But you're going to enjoy it. You can go find Tammy on our Instagram, Tammy K. Lee, T-A-M-M-Y-K-A-Y-L-Y. And, uh, you know, you can find out on, and you support her from there. Let her know. Tell her tell her you heard us. You heard her on the uh, podcast. And I'd love to know what you guys think. Don't forget to rate us, review us, and keep sharing with your friends. It's the only way we can grow out there as an independent podcast. And I appreciate all your support. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll be back Monday. I'll also have a 4th of July episode. We'll keep it light and quick, but I'll be here for you every day of the week. All right, without further ado, I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bye.